Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. All right, let's jump into the Word. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. All right, let's go. John chapter 6, verse number 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples for the Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was gonna do. Look at somebody and tell him he already knows. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was plenty of grass in that place, that's important, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. I want to preach from this subject today. Before you sit down, just look at the person next to you and announce my subject, and then you can be seated. Just tell them, don't count me out. Don't count me out. recent study by the American Economics Association, 5.1% of African Americans that have entered college have declared their major in economics. Another 9% have declared their major in business. So that means that a total, and again, this is entering. Some of y'all, we know about that entering, but we don't leave with the same major. Some of y'all know about that Amen. It's all good. I feel you. I didn't even go. So according to that, 14%, 14% of African Americans basically have some basis of education as it relates to business and economics. Now, recently, however, that despite those numbers, despite not having a formal education or introduction to business and economics, uh, it has recently been reported within the last four to five months that about 100% of African Americans have been introduced to some form of economics and business, and they've been introduced by a kitchen in Louisiana by the name of Popeyes. 
Uh, there is a business and economics principle known as supply and demand. And, and it has been reported that hoods all across the country, that interstates and highways and side streets and byways have literally been flooded with this form of education because there are people that are foolish enough to believe that Popeyes will make a better chicken sandwich than Chick-fil-A. I didn't come to mess with you. I'm sorry. Let me get back to it. And so as a result, many people have been introduced to the principle of supply and demand. Pastor Cooper, what is supply? Supply simply means the amount of goods, products, or service that are available. Demand determines how many are produced. How many people want this determines how much we're going to make. Popeyes greatly underestimated the value of what they carry. Can I speak to somebody for a moment and warn you, please, in this season of your life, do not underestimate the value of who you are and what what you're able to produce because I decree and declare that you're going to enter into a moment where what you have will be in demand and whatever you do do not take it for granted do not underestimate it do not undervalue it I dare you to make this declaration I know what I have look at somebody and tell them I know what I have I know what I have Popeyes did not understand this principle I know what it is that I carry and I know who I am Supply and demand, while that is an economics and a business principle or term, it also relates to the kingdom of God. Believe it or not, God works off of the principle of supply and demand. Please understand, there is no limit, there is no restriction, there is no carrying cost that God has to carry when it relates to his glory and his power. God is not limited. So what does that mean? That must mean if we are not experiencing the glory of God in a way that we want to, it is not because there is no supply. It simply means there is not enough demand. The kingdom of God works on the principle of supply and demand. God is not limited. He is all-powerful. The prophet even declared that he searches to and out the earth looking for where he can release his glory and his power. In other words, if you can put a demand on it, God says, I have a supply that can fill that void. Let, let me prove it to you. There's a story in the Bible about the woman who the prophet said, as many vessels as you can pull out, I can release more. More than enough oil and I want to speak to a few people in fellowship church today to let you know that if you are willing to put a demand on God's glory a demand on God's power a demand on what God has I'm decreeing and declaring over your life today that he will release it if there is a demand before I even move any further can I get a few people that just lift your hands right here and just throw it in the atmosphere whatever you're believing God for today. Come on, don't be afraid. Just throw it in the atmosphere. Just match your faith with my faith and release it right now and put a demand on what you're believing. Come on, put it out there. Put it out there. Put it out there. Some of us need to do that. There is no glory where there is no demand. There is no glory where there is no demand. Where you are, I would submit, is as a result of what you are willing to expect. If you really believe God is able, why would you stop until he's done it? If you really believe God can do it, then why would I stop asking him to do it? Where you are is not as a result of God's power. It's as a result of how much we're willing to pull on it. 
as long as there is a demand, God says, I have a supply. This text is a prime example of the willingness to demand what God has to supply. The Bible declares that these people were following Jesus because of what they saw Jesus do in the previous chapter. This crowd, this multitude of thousands of people, watch this, were excited. But here's something that's amazing. They were not excited based upon what God had done for them. They were excited based upon what they saw God do for somebody else. In other words, they were willing to believe that if God could do it for them, then surely God can do it for me. Can I just drop that right here for a moment and let somebody know that the same God that's working for somebody else is the same God that is willing to do it for you. I dare somebody to declare the same God, the same God. What's interesting, isn't it interesting how the people that got what they wanted went home and left? But the people that did not have it yet still said, I'm going to pull on it. I'm going to pull on it. In other words, please do not think that because God has not done it yet that he won't do it. Please don't think that because you're in the month of November that you need to make all your plans for 2020. Because for the people in the room that are like me, I still live in this year. My calendar still says 2019. So I'm just going to be willing and bold enough to believe that God can and will do it this year year they were saying God we like what you did for somebody else but we certainly can follow you but is there anybody that's like me that can say I really don't have to be excited based upon what God has done for other people because I can look at my own life and and I can think how I made it over I can think about the things that I came through they were as a result of what God has done for me So this text, this text today that we read is as a result of people that were willing to place a demand on the glory of God. They were willing to place a demand. They were saying, God, if you're doing miracles, if you're doing anything, I have to be near it. But watch this fellowship. Here's what I want you to understand. Although you may have an expectation, an expectation does not exempt you from persecution expectations do not give us an exempt from problems expectations do not circumvent God's system although they were expecting God they were following God in other words watch this the reason why they found themselves with a problem was not because they were being disobedient but because they were being obedient what do you do when you find yourself going through not because you told God no not because you did not want it but what in the world do I do when I find myself in a problem that I didn't have when I was going to the club what do I do when I find myself with a problem that I didn't have when I had multiple people I was dealing with. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What do you do when you find yourself in a problem when you're trying to do right? You keep doing right. Look at somebody and tell them, keep doing right. Keep doing right. Keep doing. Don't change your path. Don't change your plan. I know some of y'all were about to answer the question, but let me give it to you. Keep doing right because God has not changed his mind. In other words, what you're getting ready to experience, you would never have experienced if you tried it on your own. What you're getting ready to have, you would never have if you kept doing things your way. I want to speak to somebody in the room right now that may feel yourself
yourself getting discouraged, not because of everything you've done wrong. You're not in condemnation because of your mistakes, but you feel condemned because of your yes. I want to talk to you and encourage you for a moment and tell you keep on doing right. God has not changed his mind concerning his plan about your life. God has not changed his mind concerning his purpose for your life. If your submission is what's causing your problem, I dare you to make the declaration, I can't wait to see what blessing comes after this. If my yes to God could bring this kind of problem, what in the world could my yes to God bring? What kind of blessing could it bring? I want to let somebody know, you think you've seen something when you're looking at your problem, but I want you to know that you have seen nothing yet. So they're in this problem because of their willingness to follow God. And Jesus, watch this, he noticed it. Now, what I've learned about God, and maybe some of you have been here too, just because God is not speaking, it doesn't mean he's not working. Some of us neglect, or rather we think that God is neglecting us because he's not speaking to us. Could it be that God is not speaking to you about the problem because he's working on the solution? Could it be that the reason why you don't hear anything from God is not because God does not want to do it and can't do it and won't do it, but maybe God is just doing it. And some of us need to understand that silence from God is not an indication that God is not with me. Silence from God could mean that he's with me, he hears me, he understands. Okay, where are my parents at in the room? Y'all know how it is sometimes you're working on something for your children and your children are bothering you. They keep talking to you about it and sometimes you don't even speak back to them. It's not because you don't hear them. It's not because you just want them to fall out and go to sleep. It's not because you just want them to shut up. If you could just hit them. I'm sorry. Let me stop. Okay. That might be why I'm not a father yet. I need to work on a few things. Okay. Got it. But really it's because you're working on the answer. You're working on the solution and you don't want to be bothered with the problem when you're working on the solution. Could it be that the reason why God feels disconnected and seems disconnected is because you're stuck in problems when God is in the answer. Maybe God is trying to bring you to where he is, but he can never bring you to the answer if you are stuck in and on the problem. Whew, I feel this. Thank you. Thank you. So here it is now. He's working on the answer. While they're walking, God is working. While they're walking, God is working. All right. So here it is now. He's working. He looks at Philip and he says, Philip, he was very specific. Where can we buy bread for the people to eat? He asked Philip this question because Philip was familiar with the area. Philip was from that region. So in other words, if you wanted to know where something was, Philip was the person you needed to ask. So with that information, of course, Jesus thought Philip would respond with what we need and it would get done. But Philip gave the right answer. Philip was the right person, but it was the wrong time. Philip was the right person, but it was the wrong time. It didn't have to be the wrong time, but because of where Philip was in his faith, it was the wrong time. Could it be some of us are asking God, God, are you sure you called me? Maybe God is saying you are the right person. I did put this on your life, but because of where your faith is currently set up, I cannot bring into your life what I want to bring because you don't have the right level of faith. Philip says, Jesus, 
if we were to do this, it would take six months of salary to buy enough bread for everybody in fellowship just to have one bite. Here's the problem with Philip. Philip was familiar with the area. And because he was familiar with the area, he knew where to go and how to get it. The only mistake is Philip forgot who was right there with him. And some of us are so familiar with our circumstances. We are so familiar with everything in our life that is not lining up that we forget for a moment, wait a minute, I'm not here by myself. Where are the people in the room that needed to be just reminded for a moment that you are not alone? I know you thought that you were here by yourself. Even maybe you got yourself in it. But I'm here to let you know that God says, I'll still get you out of it. You needed to know that despite what you are familiar with, do not allow what you're familiar with to override your faith. Yes, it is true I'm in this predicament yes it is true these problems do exist but you have to understand that although the problems may exist God is still right there in your midst and he's able to change the condition at any given point in time can you just look at your neighbor and tell him any day now any moment now at any particular moment my situation is subject to change But here's the thing. If we only see, write this down in your notes. If we only see our capabilities, we will never see God's capacity. If we only see our capabilities, we will never see God's capacity. I want you to understand something. God did not put you in this to see what you can do. He put you in it to see what you would let him do. <laughs> God did not put you in this situation to see, let me see what Coop can do in this. No, no, no. He wanted to see if I put Coop in this situation. I know you could tell me yes when you saw this, but can you still tell me yes when the problem arrives at your doorstep? Because it is kind of easy to follow God when you saw him heal somebody else when you still got all your health. It's easy to say God is a provider when I still got Wachovia or Bank of America still helping me out right now. But where are the people in the room that can lift your hands and say I have had to learn how to trust God even when I could not trust God, even when it felt like and looked like God was nowhere near this, I still had to learn how to trust him. But you will never be able to trust God's capacity if you only look at yourself. Do not limit God's abilities to your inabilities. Do not limit God's abilities to your inabilities. The things that stop with me, I just made a declaration, they start with God. Where it stops with me, it starts with God. Somebody needed to hear that. Where it stops with your intellect, where it stops with your money, where it stops with your connections, even those that are doing extremely well. I want you to hear this too. Where it stops with you, it starts with God. And and that is the confidence that you need. The next time the devil looks at you in your circumstance and tells you you are not enough, you don't have enough, you're not good enough, I tell you to look back at the devil and tell him where it stops with me. 
it starts with God. Yeah, where it may be limited on my end, it is unlimited on his end. Some of you need to understand that. Just because there is a limit, the limit is not there for God. The limit is there for you. I felt that in the room. Where it stops with me, it starts with God. Some of us are putting restrictions on God not because of the things that he has done. We're putting limits on him based on the things we haven't done. We have been dumb enough to assume that because I haven't done it yet, it can't happen. But maybe the reason why it has not happened yet for you is because you've been the one in the way. I cannot cook anything but I can eat everything. <laughs> but here's the thing that I understand. If my wife is going to prepare a meal for me, then I need to leave the kitchen because I don't have the ability to cook. I'm trying to get this oven thing right, but it just don't even taste right. So where it stops with me, it starts with her. But as long as I'm in the kitchen in her way, she'll never be able to access what she needs to provide for me. And some of you are in God's way. You're in the kitchen with your hands on this and your hands on that and you're touching everything and you see everything and God is saying, are you done? Are you done? Have you figured it out yet? You cannot do it? Okay, bet. Now let me step in the kitchen. Now you go to the table. As a matter of fact, don't even sit at the table because that's too close. Some of y'all need to go into the living room and turn on your Netflix and just say, you know what? I'm going to put my mind on something else while I'm waiting for God to do it for me. While I'm waiting for this thing to get done. I'm, you know what? I'm already on to the next one. I'm already on to the next thing that I'm believing God to release. I'm on to the next thing that I'm believing God to do for my life. Some of us need to go back and make a decision. You know what? I'm getting out of the kitchen altogether because some of us can't be close to it and not touch it. Some of us, God has to remove us completely out of the way. God, why in the world did they have to fire me? Because as long as you stayed in that job, you would have never left that job. Why in the world did that relationship have to go bad, so bad? The reason why I had to let it go bad was because if it was any resemblance of anything good, you would have still snuck in the DMs. But I had to let that thing in in such a bad and terrible way so that the next time you got tempted, you would remember exactly where things stand. Some of y'all in the room need to make a decision that my hands are completely off of it. I'm staying away from it. And the next time I come near it, is when God brings me to it. When God brings me to it. Philip, watch this. He was too focused on what was missing to recognize what was possible. Can I tell you something about faith? Faith, write this in your notes, please, is more about your approach to a thing than it is the appearance of a thing. Faith is more about your approach to a thing than it is the appearance of a thing. If the appearance were right, there would be no reason for faith. Faith only works best when things are wrong. If it is working right, there is no need for faith. Faith is only necessary when things are wrong. 
my friends and I, we were joking about this recently about our jobs and, and during inclement weather, we were called into work and I didn't go. I told them I'm not driving on that ice. I'm not on that snow. Uh, I live in Charlotte, not DC. Y'all gonna have to figure that out. But you know, what was interesting is the reason why although the power was knocked out in my house and other houses and other people near us is because they had what was known as a generator. And that generator is what kept the power running even when things were not working. Even when conditions were not ideal, the generator allowed the power to remain. Faith is really that generator that says to you that even though things do not seem to be working, I'm still going to work, I'm still going to believe, I'm still going to trust, I'm still going to pray because I have enough faith to believe that at some point it's still going to turn around, it's going to change. Let me tell you something, faith may not immediately change the outcome, but it will change your outlook. It will not immediately change the outcome, but it will change your outlook. So what you need to do is say, you know what, I'm going to tap into faith in this moment and I'm going to approach this thing right even though it does not appear right. I'm going to approach God right even though it does not appear right. I'm not going to choose this to be the moment where I begin to step back because can I ask you a question? If you step back from God, how in the world do you expect it to get better? If you step back from your faith, if you step back from doing what's right, how do you expect things to turn around? I'm prophesying to you. I decree and declare it will turn around but it's going to get worse. I decree and declare it will shift, but it'll shift for the worse if we step back from God. All right, let me say one more thing about Philip, and then I'm going to move on from Philip. I got another disciple I got to talk about. So Philip, something interesting is Jesus asked Philip, where can we buy bread that the people may eat? But if you listen to Philip's answer, Philip told Jesus how much money it was going to take. In other words, God did not ask Philip, how will it get done? He just wanted to know, where will it get done? Could it be that some of us are missing God because we're too focused on how God's going to do it rather than just telling God where he can do it? Oh, y'all want to act stuck up like you don't do that. Okay, cool. Where are the four of us in the room that can say, I've been guilty at times of determining it's not going to happen because instead of telling God where he can do it, I tried to figure out how can this happen? How can this get done? I don't see if we had enough money to feed everybody, we would only have a bite. But can I free you for a moment and let you know in the room that God is not concerned with how you can do it? God just wants to know where can I do it? And I'm just going to take a road check for a moment and know where can God do what he wants to do in fellowship? Is there anybody in the room that can lift your hands and say, the good news is I don't know how, but I do know where. I, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I do know where God can do it. Where are the people in the room that can lift up your hands and say, God, I don't know how, but I do know where. Somebody ought to make that known in the room and it's okay. This is a safe space. You can tell God I don't know in this moment because God wants to know, do you just have enough faith to trust that I do? Do you have enough faith to believe that I can and I will? I don't know how, but I do know where. Alright. I don't know how God's going to do this, but I know where he can do it. 
And that's all that we need to know. Because God does not demand what he did not deposit. He put a demand on food because he deposited food in the crowd. How do I know? Because somebody spoke up immediately and said, there is a boy that's here. I want somebody to know that for today, you may be asking God, why is there this demand on me? I feel like I'm not even capable of fulfilling what this season of my life is calling for. I feel like I I don't have what it takes to really navigate through this. But I want you to know that God sent me here today to let you know, yes, you, that I do not demand what I did not deposit. If I put you in an environment that is placing this demand on you, it is because I have deposited everything on the inside of you. You have enough skill. You have enough creativity. You have enough imagination. Watch this. Not to control it but to be a part of it because while God does not want you to do it all he does want you to do something and I'm here to let you know that God has given you what it takes to be a willing participant my question is are you willing to trust God with what you do have I've heard enough about what you do not have I've heard enough about who you do not know are you willing to trust God with who you do know are you willing to trust God with what you do have are you willing to say God this These things may be missing from my life, but I'm standing here today making it known that I'm willing to trust you with who and what is present. All right. Here's something that blessed me. This is just a side note. Can I give y'all a side note, fellas? Is that cool? All right, cool. He did not have to speak up on his behalf. What he had for 5,000 people was really insignificant. But isn't it amazing how there was still somebody that was able to speak up on his behalf, even if he didn't have the confidence to do it himself? Furthermore, there was somebody that saw what he had and was willing to speak up for him when he didn't even know the conversation was taking place. I want to release this for somebody in the room that is just crazy enough to believe this, that in this season, God, I like her right there. That's what I'm talking about. For the people in the room that are willing to believe that God is releasing a silent partner, somebody that will speak up on your behalf, even if you don't even know the conversation is taking place. Yeah, you've had enough people talking about you, but God says, I'm getting ready to send some people. I'm about to run that will talk for you. God says, in this season, I'm going to send the people that will speak up for you. You've been spoken about. You've been spoken spoken to. You've been spoken down on, but where are the people in the room that can lift up your hands and thank God for the fact, I see you doc, that I have a God that will send people to speak for me. Even though they may have been talking about me, even though they may not even talk to me, I thank God for the fact that he's getting ready to send partners in my life that will speak for me and don't even have to ask me. They'll speak for me and don't even really have to know me because he didn't even know the boy's name but he knew what he had I want to prophesy to about 10 people in the room today to let you know that God's getting ready to send people who you may not even know who really don't even know you but all they need to know is there's something on you they're just I don't know what it is but I like you I I really don't know all about you I don't know your story but but there's just an energy and a vibe that we connect with I'm here to let somebody in the room know that God is getting ready to send people in your life 
that will speak for you and they won't need the credit. He's going to send people. I feel like having church right there in your life that will speak for you and they won't hold it over you. I speak over your life that God's going to send people that will speak for you and they won't need to ask you about it. Can we just take about 10 seconds and give God a praise right there? the fact that he's getting ready to send you silent partners that will speak on your behalf. Don't you dare sit, sit there and act like you don't need somebody to speak for you. Don't you dare sit there and act like you didn't say if I just knew the right people. Don't you dare sit there and say God if I had an opportunity. This is your opportunity. This is your moment where God is getting ready to send it on your behalf. Somebody ought to lift up your voice and thank God because God is sending you the right partners. Somebody ought to give God a shout right there. We give you glory, God, for sending the right people. I don't even need to remove the wrong people. I can just send the right people. You ain't even got to be involved with this right here. You don't need to network. You don't need to post. You don't need to be everywhere. You don't even have to go viral. I'm going to let the right people hear about you. You won't even know it's taking place. I'm still going to do it. You won't even have anything to do with it. And that's how I like it. Now, one more time, somebody throw your head back and say, thank you, Lord. Or oh, some of y'all can't shout off that because you like to know everything and you like to know everybody. But where are the people in the room say, I can receive you paying my bill and I never asked you for it. I can receive you sending me a surprise. Yes, sir, I feel you, God. For somebody in the room, you said, I hate surprises. Well, look at your neighbor and tell them, get ready, get ready. You better brace yourself because I feel like preaching if y'all don't work with me. I'm getting ready to surprise you. I'm getting ready to send it away. I feel something taking off in here. Somebody needs to give God a praise because he's getting ready to do it. Can we just take a few seconds and give God a shout right there? Because God's getting ready to send it a way that you don't even expect. Somebody shout in the room. Yes, sir. Somebody needs to praise on it right there. I'm not even done preaching, but I don't even have to finish right here for somebody to give God a shout right there. All right, sit down. I just need to take a praise break in the middle of the message. That was for me. I'm thanking God for silent partners, people I never even met before. People that don't even know how to describe me barely. They may even misidentify me, but he's still sending partners to help me. Stop, Marcus, I gotta finish. 
I like that brother right there, Doc. You're blessing me. Stop, stop, stop. Turn the track off. Because some people don't even need a track to shout. <laughs> yes, sir, Doc. <laughs> you mean to tell me all the times I cried and waited, and you're going to send somebody to speak for me when people in my own family knew what I had and didn't say nothing? When some of my own friends looked down on me, you mean to tell me you're going to send somebody to speak for me? Stop, 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 stop. Hands up, don't shoot. Hands up, don't shoot. sit down. I got to finish this. I, I'm telling you. Look at somebody and tell them if you think you shouted right then just wait to the end. Sit on down. Sit on down. Woo! I'm having too much fun up here today. I'm sorry fellowship. Alright. Please sit down. Please sit down. Woo! Marcus if you don't put your hands off that keyboard because I don't know if they really believe that God can do it for them. I, I don't know if they really believe that sometimes the people that know you the least can do the most for your purpose. I don't know if they really believe. Some of them been mistreated for so long, they don't even know how to act when they're being treated right. Stop. Oh. All right, I mean it. Sit down. Whew. Sit down, please. Okay, maybe if I do it, you'll do it. Sit down, sit down. I'm sitting down, you sit down. I'm sitting down, you sit down. Sit down, please. <clears throat> sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Come on, y'all. Act, act like you know how to act. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't, don't even play with it. Y'all don't want God to do it. Just shut up. You don't, you don't believe God can send you a silent partner to speak up for you? You think God got to know the same people. I like her in the back. Yes, sir, Doc. Come on, give us some dance music right there in the back. I've been waiting for you to push it right there. You've been the one I've been waiting for. You've been playing hard to get, but it's coming right there. Yes, sir, Doc. Whew. That feels good right there. Sometimes you just need to dance. All right, you good, sis? You good? Oh, she's still going. She's still going. Okay. I'm not going to stop you because I don't know how many nights you had to cry just to get to this moment. I don't know how many times you thought about quitting and giving up. And you told God, if this thing don't work out, I'm going home. You told God, if something don't happen, it just won't happen. So how dare I dance? Stop your dance, Raheem. When you've been told all these years that it would never happen for you. When you've been told he can't do it from somebody that came out of Shelby. But even you, I'm going to do it through you. Even people with your zip code and your address that may not have been in the 14% with the degree. I still do it for you. Yes, sir. Oh. 
right, please sit down. I'm sitting down, you sit down. When I move, you move just like that. Sit down, please. We got somebody in the back. I've been waiting for you, sis. Come on, give us some music. I've been waiting for you to get up and act like you believe it. I can't leave you hanging. I don't know how long it took for you to get it. <laughs> Is she crazy? Yes, she's crazy enough to believe that God can and God will do it. She just believes. All right, let's go. All right, stop for real. I mean it this time. I don't care who stands up. I don't care who gets up this time. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done. All right, can I please get back to work? Can I get back to work? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank you, sis. I'm trying. All right, Marcus, stop. I, I know we do that sometimes. I mean it this time. I mean it this time. <laughs> Marcus been playing with me for years. He already know. He already know. All right, so... The silent partner speaks up. I'm going to have to skip through a little bit of this message. I'm sorry, y'all. I had a lot. Okay. <clears throat> so he says, this boy has it. I don't really know what it can do, but maybe it will do. And Jesus then just says, okay, make the men sit down. Now, before I talk about that, I just thought about something. How many pieces of fish did he have? Okay. <clears throat> How many pieces of bread did he have? Okay. Those numbers, any way you put it, really don't add up. Which I would suggest that maybe he left home with three pieces of fish and six pieces of bread. Maybe along the way, he got tired, he got weak. Maybe he ate a piece of fish and he ate a piece of bread. And so now that leaves him with something that's off balance. Maybe everything doesn't add up. But the good thing about God is God doesn't care what you lost. He just want to know what you have left. It don't all add up while I'm standing here with what I'm standing here with. But God is saying for the people in the room that can say, even though 2019 is almost over, you may have lost some things, but you still have something left. Maybe God is saying, I'll do it through you and for you if you just believe me. Okay. All right, bet. I know y'all resting right now. If, if, it's, if I hadn't shouted you for 10 minutes, you probably would have shouted right there. Bet. Okay. All right. So now, make the men sit down. Now, I told you earlier that these people are in a desert. And here it is. They sit down on grass. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the desert is not known for its climate. It's known to be a dry and barren place. It's a dirty and a messy place. But yet here it is, there's grass for them in the middle of the desert. Where in the world did the grass come from? Can I tell you something that maybe God is saying the grass in this text is a metaphor for grace? That I can make you comfortable even in an uncomfortable place? That I can give you peace that really cannot be explained? Other than the fact that he made me do this, he made this happen, make the men sit down, and all of a sudden they sit down and there's grass in the middle of a desert. Can I prophesy to somebody and let you know that God is getting ready to give you grace and comfort and peace in the midst of a dirty and a messy place where other people would have been dying to get out of? God says, I'll let you rest in this place. I'll, I'll let you be able to sleep better 
better than you slept in years in a place where other people have literally killed themselves in a place where other people have literally lost it I'll give you grace in the middle of the desert if you can just lift up your hands right here and worship me for being the type of God that will give you rest and give you comfort and give you peace in the midst of an uncomfortable and unnerving situation and place I will give you I am the Lord your God that giveth you rest there remaineth a rest for somebody in the room today you've been battling and dealing with anxiety and stress and pressure but I release you now in the name of Jesus go back and rest I release you now in the name of Jesus stop worrying I release you now in the name of Jesus it will be all right grass and are y'all all right are y'all too tired did I shout y'all too hard a few moments ago do y'all got something left in the tank for another praise look at somebody and tell them you're gonna need what's left you're gonna need what's left we leave some of y'all I'm helping your new year's resolution you ain't done no cardio all year long before 2019 is over with you getting ready to check something off the box because we're gonna praise one more time before the night is over all right so all right grass in the desert make the men sit down all right now go get me that boy and go get me the lunch can I go back to that silent partner? He didn't really know him. He didn't really know his name, but he knew where to find him. Somebody, you feel like you're too far, but God is saying you're close enough. You're close enough to the set place. You're close enough to the right people. You're close enough to the right moment. You think because of how long you've traveled, because you've gone the long way, maybe you've gone the wrong way. But God is saying you are close enough to where you need to be. I know that you can see the distance between yourself and where you want to be. But God is saying I'm not asking for perfection. I'm asking for progression. I know you're seeing how far you have to go. But God sent me here to let somebody in Fellowship Church know today that you are not too far. You are not too low. You have not missed your moment and your opportunity. As a matter of a fact, the moment that you've been waiting for is waiting for you. It is a moment that is calling your name. It is a moment that is calling your gift. It is a moment that is calling for you. This was a moment that out of thousands of people there was only one boy who really had what was needed for the moment and I want to speak to somebody in the room today and let you know that you thought that because of everything you've experienced that there are surely more people qualified than me there are more people more saved than me there are people who have known God longer than me there are more people who have tested their gift longer than me but God sent me here to let somebody in the room know today that God said this is the moment that not only have you been waiting for but this is the moment that has been waiting for you this is a moment that it cannot be fulfilled until you show up and let me go ahead and preach one more time and let somebody know that 2019 cannot end until you step into your moment 2019 cannot literally it can not end 
until you show up and step up into the place that God has ordained for your life. Where are my people? I need your energy to come back. You've rested now, but come on, lift those hands and make it known that God, I'm getting ready to step into my moment. I will not let this moment pass me by. All right, they get the boy, they get the boy, they bring him in front of Jesus, and Jesus takes the lunch out of the boy's hand, and he says to him, thank you. He blesses the lunch, then he breaks the lunch. Isn't it interesting that in order for Jesus to multiply it, he had to break it? Sometimes God had to allow hurt to happen to you so he could do something for you. I feel my church coming back right there. You've been wondering, I'll preach that another day, the breaking point. You've been wondering, God, why in the world did I have to be broken like this? Why did I have to go through this? The reason why you had to go through it is because I had to break you. I had to break what you knew. I had to break your limits and your boundaries. I had to break what you thought was possible. You had to be hurt so bad that I could now take you and move you anywhere. He had to bless the lunch and then he broke the lunch. Can I tell you something? Don't be discouraged when you've been broken because you've already been blessed. Don't be discouraged when you've been broken because he already blessed you. He blessed you because he knew what was coming. He blessed you because he knew where you were going. He blessed you because even though you may be broken after this, it does not change your value. In fact, it increases your value. It does not decrease what you're able to accomplish. All right. He blesses the lunch. He breaks the lunch. Then he distributes the lunch. He blessed it. He broke it and he distributed it. Now, if you find yourself anywhere in that pattern, okay, if you feel like you've been broken, the good news is you're getting ready to be distributed. If you feel like I've gone through, there is the church right there. I hear you. I'm coming to you. I got you. Just follow me. If you feel like I've been broken, if you feel like I've been going through, I'm here to prophesy and let you know that the season of brokenness is coming to an end and you're getting ready to be distributed. Come on, Marcus. We need to help him a little bit. If you feel like you've been broken, your season of brokenness is coming to an end and you're getting ready. Put me in my key. I feel like preaching. And you're getting ready to be distributed. Put me in C sharp. Let's ride. I'm going to let somebody in the room know today that when you are distributed, you're getting ready to be in the right hand. Can you just lift your hands and thank God for the fact that yes, I've been broken. But I thank God that even though I was broken, yes, sir, I was still in his hands. Even though I was broken, I was still in his hands. Yes. I'm getting ready to close my sermon so we can finish what we started. But good evening, y'all. I've enjoyed you for the Bible saying that when he broke them, he 
then distributed it and it was able to feed the multitude now let me go back to that boy I'm interested in the fact that Jesus used that boy why Pastor Cooper well I'm interested because in those days whenever they took a national attendance they only counted the men that were in attendance they did not count the women or the children so what are you telling me in other words I'm telling you fellowship that when God got ready to perform a miracle he used the one that they didn't even count he used the one that they said wasn't even here come on let's have church fellowship I stopped by here to tell you that when God gets ready to do this next thing he's going to use you the one that they counted out the one that they said wasn't there the one that they said couldn't do it stand up on your feet and help me close my message shake your neighbor by the hand and your neighbor God is getting ready to include you I know that you've been excluded I know that you've been discredited but God is getting ready to bring credibility to your name now let that hand go and lift up your hands and thank God for the fact that we serve a God that will make your name great people may have tried to ruin you but God is getting ready to establish you people may have put your name down but God is bringing your name up where are the people who are in this room that can lift your hands and thank God because I have a new name I have a new reputation God is getting ready to do for you what he's doing to some credit he's wiping the slate clean he's changing your score God is getting ready to change your reputation now help me close and let's dance shake shake your neighbor's hand and let's turn this into Fellowship Baptist Church you know what's coming I see you on the second row shake them and rock them Rock them and shake them. Shake them and rock them. Rock them and shake them. And said, neighbor, oh, neighbor. Oh, y'all picked the wrong Baptist saint. Find another neighbor. Shake them and rock them. Rock them and shake them. Shake them and rock them. Rock them and shake them. And said, neighbor, neighbor. Don't count me out. Good evening.
listening, y'all. I've in Georgia. I stopped by here to tell somebody that God is including you. Whatever you do, don't count me out. Oh, how do I know I'm not discounted? Because the same God that's doing it for you, he's the same God that did it for Jesus. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. He laid his head and for me he died. But I'm so glad. I said, I'm so glad. That's not how the story ends. But three days later, he rose again. I got a question. Are you glad about it? I got another question. Ain't it all right? I said, ain't it all right? Ain't it all right? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. He's all right. I'm through preaching. How will you respond? I've made my case. Now, how will you respond? You have been counted out long enough, but God is saying, I'm counting you in. Come on, let's give him some dance music. We got one more praise in the house. Look at somebody and tell them, I got one more praise. I got to leave on this one last praise, and I'm done with y'all fellowship. Come on, let's give them one last praise. today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.